Welcome to the latest episode of the Tez Scotland podcast. I'm Henry Hepburn, Scotland editor for Tez, and with me is senior reporter Emma Seath. Hi, Emma. Hello, hello. Um, we're going to be talking about our latest big read, 10 Ideas to Improve Behaviour, Curriculum, Pedagogy and More. It's based on the latest Bosch conference, looking outwards, looking, sorry, looking outwards, learning together. Get those two the wrong way around sometimes. And I feel that probably the first thing I should do is tell you what Bosch is. Uh, Bosch uh, stands for Building on Collaboration, Supporting Head Teachers. It's a group of 20 experienced secondary heads across Scotland who um, they get together regularly to share ideas with each, with each other. And just last month, they had their annual conference where they share their ideas a little more widely um, about people and to see what they're doing. There were 10 separate detailed presentations about a really wide range of interesting initiatives, ideas and approaches to all sorts of things going on in secondary schools in Scotland. And, and that took place last month in May. And we are we have now published a piece uh, with a bit of a flavour of each of those presentations. Um, Emma, could you tell me a little bit more about the how the format of the conference and set it maybe set it in a little bit of context yeah well I guess I'm um, revealing who the you know sort of opening speaker at the conference actually was it kind of helps to set it in context because the speaker was Louise Hayward and um, she is the assessment expert that's leading the independent review of assessment and qualifications so um, that review um, published its interim report in March and um, we know that if its recommendations are accepted it's going to lead to really a huge overhaul of the way that we do um, qualifications in Scotland so I guess that that's kind of part of the backdrop to the conversations that these head teachers were having and then another part of that would um, also be just about this idea that we're still in the post-COVID, you know, kind of recovery period um, where schools are grappling with, um, you know, lots of uh, mental health issues amongst pupils, also um, attendance problems, much lower attendance than they were experiencing prior to the pandemic with pupils falling out of the habit of going to school. So I guess that's the context. Um, and then just, you know, in, in terms of how the conference unfolded, you had your kind of keynote speaker who was Louise Hayward. And then after that, there were a series of um, short online workshops that you could attend. And that was 10, he 10 head teachers from uh, 10 secondary head teachers or 10 secondary um, school leaders, you know, sometimes it was a deputy head that was, you know, sort of telling you about these particular projects across Scotland. Um, and so, you know, that that's what our piece focuses on mm. was those the, those presentations. Yeah, as, as we're speaking, we've just published the piece, and there's already been a lot of interest in it, uh, and not only from within Scotland, some some good, interest, uh, you know, interested comments from from beyond Scotland as well. And it's a sort of uh, sort of event that really appeals to to test ourselves. You know, um, you know, we are there to sort of help share good ideas, to show some great practice that's going on around Scotland, and and also to find. Uh, you know, a lot of the good news out there in Scottish schools amid uh, all the well-documented challenges facing Scottish education just now. Um, uh, should note as well that it was, took place at the end of a busy day for everyone, uh, you know, for 4.30 to, sorry, I think it was about 3.45 to 6. So um, that in itself, I think, shows the sort of uh, the belief that people involved have in, in the value of an event like that, that uh, they're prepared to put it on, um, you know, when amid everything else that's going on in and beyond the school day. Um, I wonder if we could maybe just uh, give, a, obviously we've got a little bit about each in the piece, so we've got a bit about each of the 10 presentations. Let's just give a bit of a flavour of, of a handful of those presentations 
Emma, could you tell us about a couple of the ones that you were following and, and what they were about? Yeah, sure, no problem. I mean, I've um, chosen to speak about uh, Grove Academy in Dundee and Mairns Castle High in East Renfrewshire. And that's because I thought that the practice that they were sharing was about two of these big issues. I mentioned them in passing earlier, the schools are facing just now. So um, that's to do with, you know, pupil behaviour and attendance and pupil mental health. So if we start with um, Grove Academy, so Grove Academy is um, a Dundee City Council school based in Brotty Ferry and it was the deputy head teacher, Matthew Robertson, that was, you know, sort of speaking about some of the things that they had done in the school because they had been faced with behaviour problems that essentially they had never experienced before with this really, 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 um, this group of really um, unruly and disruptive um, S2 boys that they were just really struggling to, you know, sort of engage in the, if you like, normal day-to-day, you know, sort of life of the school. And so they decided that they needed to kind of look at their curriculum to see how they could so they, they could kind of hold these these particular pupils' interests. Um, at the other end of the scale, though, they were dealing with, um, you know, a different kind of um, issue with their pupils. Uh, this was, you know, so, it, and it went down gender lines. It was really clear about this. So you had this group of unruly boys, but then on the other hand, you also had this group of girls who... Um, their idea of a successful day was if they basically managed to get through the school day without having to interact with anyone, you know, so it was kind of uh, heads down, mouth shut, you know, trying not to engage. So they decided to take a look at their curriculum to see whether or not they could, you know, sort of manage to, um, you know, just get a bit more buy-in from from these pupils. Um, and and so 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 we hear a lot about managing behaviour through things like restorative approaches, or you know, or those who disagree with that through punishment. But actually, I thought that this was really interesting because it was about using the curriculum to change behaviour. And the school decided to try and actually see if it could offer courses that those pupils actually wanted to engage with. So it started off with the boys trying to engage them in football, but then that moved on later to bringing in external providers who um, took them through courses, um, learning different trades. Um, in terms of the girls, it was they used fashion to try and bring them out of their shell more, to give them confidence. And they felt that both of those projects had been you know, really successful. And now they've embedded um, those, those courses into the curriculum. And now there are clearer pathways as to how pupils can work towards qualifications in those different areas. And then it's also kind of interesting to say, I think that, you know, obviously if you broaden your curriculum like that and give pupils more chances to attain, then your attainment goes up, you know, because I guess previously the danger with that group, that particular group of boys would have been that they just have, you know, sort of stopped attending school. So then, so to move on to Mayans Castle High, they are, um, they've undertaken since the return to school in August 2021. So I think that would have been our first, you know, sort of, it was an uninterrupted school year by um, lockdowns, but I suppose not by absence, you know, because it was still, you know, sort of all of the... Um, all of all of the absence because of coronavirus and because of the need to isolate and things. But um, when they when their pupils came back to school, the big issue that they faced they realised was to do with um, pupil mental health. So the school set up a wellbeing hub, which is this dedicated space within the school. It's designed to look and feel different. It's got its own uh, kitchen. It's got its own staff team, four members of staff that run it. It's run by a principal teacher of student support. 
um, and it has three full-time well-being support assistants. Um, but I thought that that one in particular would have been of interest to other schools who are maybe feeling a little bit overwhelmed by the the emotional support that their pupils are are needing, and this kind of provides you know sort of a, a template that could be you know sort of taken and you know, delivered in a different context, albeit tweaked to fit that school that might help you know sort of to deal with some of those issues of that you know massive workload that's coming from people's emotional needs and they run different they run in this um, well-being hub different interventions you know to sort of suit the needs to suit the needs of the the different children that are you know sort of coming to them with issues it really was that's a great summary of some of the a couple of presentations and it was really striking just how broad the scope and reach of the event was you know it really was uh, touched every aspect of school life and the, the sort of things schools have to do from qualifications, behaviour, you know, mental health. Um, I mean, just to give a very brief flavour of a couple of other presentations, uh, which, I, which I was watching, um, Royal High School in Edinburgh, uh, it was all about equality and diversity and about how the school takes a very proactive approach when it comes to this. And they ask the pupils to take the lead and they, you know, they do groups on race, religion, gender, disability, sexual orientation, um, and it all comes back to this statement of um, intent, I guess, from the school, which is three simple words, we belong here. And I guess the school challenges itself to say if, you know, everyone should be able to say that and, and, and feel it. And if there's anyone who doesn't feel they belong in the school, then they need to proactively take action to do something about that. And it's very much getting away from the whole, you know, um, uh, danger of equality and diversity work being becoming some sort of a tick box exercise. They're very attuned to that danger and, and as I say, take a very proactive, proactive approach to going against that. The one of the other schools presentations who that I was watching was Open High School, and what was really interesting there is just the sheer breadth and range of uh, qualifications courses that they're trying to offer. Um, I think uh, depending on how you measure it, uh, by the end of S6, they, they could have had 96 different courses that the students could have had that they could have picked from. Actually, the head teacher, Peter Bain, was saying it might even be more than 100, depending on, on what you include. Um, so they are really living this message that, uh, that we hear a lot in Scottish education about you know, parity of esteem for all qualifications that it's not just about what traditionally been described as academic qualifications. So they're very big on national progression awards and foundation apprenticeships. And uh, also what's uh, what's interesting is that uh, they, they work really closely with community partners and there are around 100 of those and they, they work extremely closely with them and they get them into the school. They, they want to get across this sense that it's not, you know, I think we feel there's an implicit message that if you go elsewhere to go and do one of these courses through a college or a training provider, then it implicitly implies it's, it's out with the main business of schools. So they try and get all within the school building as far as possible uh, and to make it feel that, that, that really all the course and qualifications offer really are part of the same, you know, they're, they're given the same weight and seriousness uh, as, as the, the sort of things that have been going on in school for, for, for decades. Um, so I think, I mean, that's a, that's just a brief run through a handful of the presentations as a whole, so say 10 in total, and you can read a bit about all of them in this piece. Emma, if you were to sell it in a, 
sell a piece is something people really should read. Um, how would you how would you do that succinctly? Well, I mean, I think inspiration. You know, it may be all you know all schools are different, but they do grapple with many of the same problems. So you know, it would be a bit crazy not to borrow from each other, but that mm-hmm. can be really difficult. You know, like mm-hmm. where is the time to go out and visit another school, find out what they're doing. And, you know, and some, and for some people, even to attend that conference, you know, the, uh, would have been, you know, sort of almost a bridge too far. But I think that if the, the, the way that we've done it, we've attended it, we've written a couple of hundred words about each one, in, the, in to- the total time that it'll take to read that article will be a lot less time than it would have taken to go along yourself and digest what was being said. And it's, you know, and then lose your notes in the depths yeah, of some sort yeah. of, you know, bulky pad <laughs> and that you never, you know, sort of return to again. Whereas it's it's all there. It's easily accessible. You can return to this article time and time again to remind yourself of, oh, well, what was it that, which school was it that was doing that, you know, sort of interesting thing. You know, even if you don't think you're interested at the time when you read it, you might be interested in a few months when, you know, sort of similar issues start to arise in your school. Yeah, and I and so I've seen the the, the the chat rooms on the day that obviously the people who did attend found it extremely useful and inspiring and uh uh, full of practical, useful advice as well. Um, but uh, hopefully we can, you know, we've helped expand the reach of that event and and help a few more people get a, a sense of what's going on in sco- the, the schools involved around Scotland. Uh, it's very much uh, at the heart of the sort of thing that we try to do at TES, which is, you know, we're always trying to help teachers and school leaders, um, you know, point them in the direction of things that they might find useful or interesting, take some of the load off in various ways by just um, giving them uh, pointers to things that are out there, um, digesting it into something that's uh, that they can get through quite quickly, whether it's a big government report or an event like this. And uh, just, uh, as I say, you know, uh, put in front of them lots of useful advice, insight and support that's out there for teachers and school leaders. So, um, yeah, fantastic event. Um uh, hopefully the piece reflects the just the, the sheer breadth of expert insight, uh, experience and uh, just some of the great things that are going on in Scottish schools just now. So uh, thanks for that, Emma, and thanks to everyone who's listening to, uh, for your interest and uh, make sure to subscribe to Tesco and Podcast via all your usual platforms and we will be back in a few weeks with a new episode.